Time with your host, Coach Danielle McCartan. You can follow her work on Twitter at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Hello, everybody. Today is Sunday, December 17, 2017. I'm your host, is Danielle McCartan. You are watching and listening to 60 Minute Overtime Fall 2017, Episode 7, Sete. Today's guests loaded today. We got, um, I, I have, I have New York Yankees number eight prospect Tyler Wade. That's from All Star Collectibles in Wayne. That was from yesterday. My one on one with 1986 world champion New York Met Lenny Dykstra. And my commentary from, uh, my interviews one-on-one with Bryce Petty, who's starting today for the fifth time in his career for the for the Jets, and my one-on-one with five-time World Series champion, you know him better as Andy Pettit. Um, he's going to talk about CC Sabathia from an interview I did last year. Well, yeah, over a year ago, just about. Um, you can find my work, prosportsrundown.com, Twitter at Coach, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, YouTube, got a whole slew of videos up there. You're going to search Coach, space, M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. And SoundCloud.com slash Coach McCartan on the man. iTunes podcast. You don't even have to look for it. It comes right to your phone. Type in Coach Space M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Also on TuneIn Radio. Type in 60 Minute Overtime. And Play.Google.com slash uh, Coach McCartan there. So video simulcast right now on Periscope over there on my one iPhone. That's at Coach McCartan on there. Facebook.com is on the iPad. Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. And on my brand new phone, I'm streaming right now live on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, right there. So we've got three streaming devices. We have a a 90.3 FM radio frequency, and we're also streaming live on the website. So there's no reason why you can't listen to me today. Here we go. So guess who's back? Yankees have agreed to a one-year $10 million deal deal pending physical, which he passed yesterday with CC Sabathia. He is rumored to have interviewed with also the the Angels and the division rival Blue Jays. Actually, this past week was the Blue Jays interview. Um, His salary, $10 million, is going to include bonuses based off the number of innings pitched. Man, I wish I could get paid like that. (laughs) Number of whatever quantities... uh, for doing my job, I get bonuses. I wish I could do that. I wish that worked out like that. But um, CC Sabathia's agent said this. CC feels there is unfinished business to attend to. There were competitive offers that CC was weighing. But in the end, CC wanted to come back and win a championship with the Yankees. He loves his teammates, the clubhouse, and the moves the Yankees are making. He wants to bring home another championship to the Yankees fans. End quote. So some vital info that you need to know before we discuss this. And, and I want to hear from you guys today. Please, I need you to call in on any of the topics that, that I have for you today. And uh, you can find those all online. I posted those already as of last night. So here's the number, just in case you forgot it. Got something to say? Call the studio, 201-825-1234. So do you like to see C. Sabathia move? Well, some things you need to know first before you're going to call in. Well, he's 37 years old. This is going to be his 10th season as a New York Yankee. And as a Yankee, he's posted a 3.75 ERA 
and a, a World Series championship in 2009. Uh, he, this past season, posted his best ERA since 2012. So far, he's got a 17-year career, so he is the ultimate veteran. Uh, he's going to rejoin the Yankees rotation led by 2017 Cy Young finalist Luis Severino. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka, who was great in the postseason. Sonny Gray and Jordan Montgomery. And that's into the 2018 season. We talked about this. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. So your CC Sabathia thoughts. There's the phone number, 201-825-1234. Let's kick it off. Um, my thoughts, I'm sort of lukewarm on, on this. I mean, I get the sentimental value. Uh, I get that he had a great last season. He's tied for fifth in the in the MLB in exit velocity. I get that he had a three, 2.37 ERA in the postseason. I get that he posted a 14-5 and record all of last season. I get that he's working with his um, off-speed stuff. Uh, you know, you can't just dominate with fastballs anymore. And if you saw the stat and if you were listening two weeks ago when I talked about it, the number one pitch that home runs are going off of in the MLB is a fastball. So we're, we're entering an era where you need to know other pitches and, and be able to execute other pitches other than a fastball. And he has had, and this is interesting, C.C. Sabathia in the time here, Andy Pettit kind of took a liking to him. And, and I asked Andy Pettit a year ago, almost to the day, a year ago, um, that, you know, what he thought about C.C. Sabathia. And, and they sort of parallel themselves, the, the two careers, because Andy Pettit was known for his dominant speed. And then as he got older, he could obviously, you know, your body breaks down a little bit, so he had to be able to learn how to locate his pitches and hit spots and, and et cetera. So CC Sabathia is at the same point in his career. And interestingly, I asked Andy Pettit about this. Um, and here, here's what he had to say. Sure. Now, towards the end of the, your career, you kind of, the velocity kind of dipped, and you were really forced to locate your pitches. We see that now sort of with CC Sabathia, and I know you've been kind of Professor Pettit with him. What advice have you been giving him and, and moving forward? Because he had one of the best starts this week for the opening week for the Yankees. Seems like it's working. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I try to stay in touch with CC, and, um, you know, he's just continuing to, to try to evolve as, as more of a command guy, mm -hmm. uh, more of change in speeds, and, and realizing he's going to have to locate um, than the power guy. Mm -hmm. And that's a big transition. I, I never had the, the 95 you know, 96, 97 mile an hour fastball like he had. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot easier for me. You know, I never, I, I think I, you know, probably topped out at 94 in, in, in the prime of my career. But I always pitched around, you know, 89 to right. 91, which is, which is in the big leagues, good hitting speed if it's, if it's not located. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so for me, it was a lot easier transition. And, and it seems like C's getting it. Um, I've talked to him. I think he's starting to come around. I know he's been messing with the cutter. Um, and that's feeling better for him, and uh, he'll get there. He's he's got great stuff. He's a great command guy, also, and um, he's a smart guy. And uh, you know, just hopefully, if he stays healthy, I think he'll be able to, to, to give us a great year. That was Andy Pettit on CC Sabathia, Professor Pettit, shall I say? Okay, I'm rooting for him. I, I am. Uh, what better guy to have in your corner than Andy Pettit, by the way? Um, but I'm rooting for CC Sabathia. Uh, I'm rooting for him to have the same type of season that he had last year, as in which I think is going to be his final season this year. I really am. But if you looked at the Yankees and all the moves that they're, they've been making, the Yankees' MO has been to get younger. You know, they've pretty much all but I, maybe they have trademarked the phrase baby bombers. 
Okay, it's not like they are without veteran leadership in the clubhouse as of today. You got guys like, and who knows if they're going to be dealt. But as of today, you have guys like Brett Gardner in the dugout, Jacoby Ellsbury, Aaron Hicks, and, and those are just off the top of my head here. So it's not like you know his veteran leadership is going to be missed. I'm sure it is. I'm sure he's great in the clubhouse. But there are other guys next man up that can fill that void. And Brett Gardner was on the. 2009 World Series team with CC Sabathia as well. So, you know, the Yankees' MO is to get younger, and CC Sabathia right now is 37 years old. Um, and then, is he better than any of the other options out there? And if you're watching, I compiled stats upon stats, uh, spreadsheets on spreadsheets, and, and I'm going to just take away, um, you know, some of the more meaningful stats that, that I found uh, for you guys. So, for me, I mean, as pitchers, I think that the most important thing as a pitcher, you need to have um, a strong ERA, a low batting average against, and also a low amount of walks per innings pitched. Because, um, and probably most important, I think, is the walks. Because when you start giving guys and teams extra outs to play with, and you've heard me say this before, but when you start giving teams extra outs to play with that's when you get yourself in trouble that's when they good teams anyway will capitalize on your mistake so that to me is probably the most important stat there but um you know let's look at the tangible stats first and then we'll go into the intangibles you know what sticks out to me first on this little handwritten chicken scratch if anybody knows my handwriting is that cc zatia is, is 37 years old and the guys that they're comparing him against and the guys were so you know garrett cole Chris Archer, Michael Fulmer, and Chance Adams, and he's in the minor league for the Yankees. But he had CC's about okay. Archer's twenty nine, Cole's twenty seven, Fulmer's twenty four, and Adams is only twenty three years old. And when you look at Sabathia tangibly now, his ERA in the regular season is the highest out of all of those guys, and his ERA in the postseason is the highest out of all those guys. Cole, Archer, Fulmer, Adams. And I know we're looking at Adams in the minor league. I know that. Okay, I know that. Um, batting average against. CC Sabathia in the regular season. Second only to Garrett Cole. 250 in the regular season. Postseason, highest batting average against. CC. 269. Everybody else is well under that. Uh, besides Michael Fulmer, he hasn't pitched in the postseason ever. Uh, and and walks for innings pitched CeCe's comes in what is this third third out of the guys for the regular season and second in the postseason so if you're looking at CeCe's about there versus these guys in terms of numbers he's not the best statistical candidate for this 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 job the best statistical candidate is in my opinion and you can look at the numbers here Garrett Cole uh, and you look at the intangibles now okay CC Sabathia is the consummate veteran. We know that. Um, most years pitched out of all these guys for a while, by a while. Chris Archer's only pitched 1.2 total innings in the playoffs. I get that. Fulmer has no playoff experience. I get that. And Adams is also in the minors. I get that. But for me, I wish the Yankees are going to pursue and, and reel in Garrett Cole. He's got a 3.5 ERA in the regular season, 3.94 in the postseason. Batting average against, this is the stat that sticks out to me. Batting average against in the playoffs, Garrett Cole, 
190. That's excellent. That's good stuff to me. And he's only 27. He's 10 years younger than C.C. Sabathia. So while I'm lukewarm on C.C. Sabathia, you know, he had a great year last year, great year in the playoffs, definitely carried the Yankees throughout the playoffs, or was one of the pitchers who did. Um, one year, $10 million is not going to break the bank. It's okay. The deal is okay. But if I'm the Yankees, I'm still pursuing Garrett Cole. But um, they're saying that, that I've heard that they're going to be giving up Clint Frazier for Garrett Cole. I wouldn't do that. And another intangible thing is that Garrett Cole is pretty much, he's injury prone. We know that. And to give up one of your best prospects for that possibility, I mean, Frazier is a a proven guy. And to give him up for a possibility of getting Garrett Cole, a healthy Garrett Cole, I'm not too sure I wouldn't give that up just yet. But, um, Garrett Cole is on my want list for the New York Yankees uh, for Christmas this year. I, I think that he's going to bring a, a presence to this rotation that the Yankees have been lacking. And imagine a rotation with Sabathia, Tanaka, Cole, Severino. I mean, come on. That's what the Yankees are missing, a guy like Garrett Cole. And Chris Archer, he doesn't do it for me, and I don't think that the Rays are seriously shopping him to the Yankees anyway to have a... a a trade that happens in division is very rare, um, especially Yankees raise. And Chase Adams, I like him where, keep him where he is for one more season. CC leaves next year, he'll he'll jump right in. So Yankees are in a good spot, I think. If they were to go out and get Garrett Cole, I uh, I think that's a great move. But CC Sabathia, I'm lukewarm. Lukewarm on CC. Don't kill me. But I'm lukewarm on him. I know people love him. People love CC Sabathia. But when you look at the stats, you know, and I'm going to be sort of pulling the analytics on you right now, you know, he's not the best option out there. And he wasn't the best option out there. I think CC's looking to go take a page out of Peyton Manning's playbook to, to go out on top, to go out as a World Series champion. And as you know, Manning went out as a Super Bowl champion, Bronco. I think CeCe's going to get his wish this year. I think the Yankees are going to be the 2018 World Series champions. Speaking of going out on top, New York Sports Radio said goodbye to its afternoon drive talent for the past 30 years on Friday. More on Mike Francesa and WFAN after the break. Look around you. One in four kids in the U.S. faces hunger. It's not always easy to see the signs, but in this land of plenty, there are kids that don't know where they will get their next meal. Join Share Our Strength in Food Network and take the pledge to end childhood hunger here in America by 2015. Learn how at nokidhungry.org. Their next meal could come from you. I'm Tobin Heath, two-time Olympic gold medalist and World Cup champion, U.S. women's soccer midfielder. You're listening to Danielle McCartan on 60 Minute Overtime. This little intro, I got to say this, is is from a Dumont guy, Matt Peaty. I played in the band with him, um, and he did a, a little tribute to Mike Francesa on his guitar the other day. So here's, here's Matt Peaty leading us into the Mike Francesa talk.
So if you want to find that, uh, it's uh, facebook.com slash matthew.pidi. Matt PD, thanks for that. I asked him for permission this morning, of course. And uh, thanks for that, Matt. That was pretty cool. Uh, Christopher Saunders, by the way, tweeted me and said, I agree, especially since we signed CeCe, we don't need Garrett Cole. Keep the depth for now until midseason. You never know. Injuries do happen. <laughs> I like Cole. I don't know if we agree on that, Christopher. I don't know about that. I think I like CeCe and Cole. You got CeCe at a discount. Go get Cole. Go get him. But not for Frazier. <laughs> so Mike Francesa uh, has hung it up, has said goodbye, and I think they've already dedicated the studio to him um, that he you know, worked in for, for the past 30 years. The send-off that that guy got. I mean, he had the, the, uh, the celebrity callers calling in on Thursday. He had the regulars, people, calling in on his last day for the first five hours of the show. Um, on, on Friday, on yesterday. So your, your Mike Francesa moments, I know the phone lines were busy all the way at, at WFAN all week. So if you couldn't get through, I want to hear it. I want to hear your, your WFAN Mike Francesa story. And here's the number just in case. Got something to say? Call the studio, 201-825-1234. So I met Mike Francesa two times, and I talked to him two times on air. So I'm going to tell you. The first time I met Mike Francesa, and I know my father is watching on, and my mom on, on Periscope, my dad won tickets to a breakfast with Joe Girardi that Mike hosted. And this was going back to probably 2008 or nine, uh, And it was a, a question and answer uh, that Mike hosted um, it was at the Hard Rock in Times Square. And after the, the Q&A, my dad went up to him and took a picture with him after ta- the talk. He was a very nice guy. Um, not what I, I... I don't think I had even seen him. Uh, you know, he was on the radio. I didn't know what he looked like. And I don't know. He had really nice teeth. <laughs> really nice white teeth was my first impression of Mike Francesa. And um, the second time I met him was, as you know, I was a finalist in this past year's Francesa Con, which is like... If anybody hears a like Comic Con that these people put on, it's like a um, a big fan fest for the comics. Well, Francesa's fans, which there are plentiful, they put on Francesa Con every year. And it was the fourth annual one that I competed in in March. And you guys know that, and the videos on YouTube, my YouTube channel. So I was in the green room backstage, and he was the guest of honor clearly. And, and he walked in. He was such a nice guy. He was taking pictures with people, shaking hands, saying hello. Uh, he's definitely the sports pope that everyone makes him out to be. Love your show. Huge fan. Thank you. Um, he was definitely the sports pope. And if you ever see the pope and as he moves through the crowds in Vatican City, shaking hands and kissing babies, that is Mike Francesa. That is him. And that's what, it, that's what I saw the two times that I've met him in person. Now, the two times I talked to him on air mean even more to me, I would say, than actually meeting him in person. Uh, I got the the hello dear, hello dear, hello dear, you know, um, both times. The first time I want to talk about is I got through this year, this past Super Bowl, on the Super Bowl contest with him. They were, I had, I answered correctly three impossible trivia questions. Then I got the audio right. Okay, I got the audio right. That is um, <laughs> impossible. My audio was Luke Keekley. And normally in every other year at that point, once you get the audio right, 
you go to the Super Bowl. But for this year, for whatever reason, they couldn't secure a sponsor to send five people or four people to the Super Bowl. So they only sent one. So at that point, I was put into a playoff round on that Friday. I had to be ready on Friday to, to take the call from, from Monzo, the producer. And I had everybody rooting for me. I had Giants beat writers rooting for me. Uh, hey, James Cratch and, and Art Stapleton. I had, I had everybody root on my side rooting for me. Hello, Dia. Uh, he was going to send a girl to the Super Bowl this year. I don't know if that has ever happened. But, man... Mike, you flubbed my question on air so bad. I don't. I still to this day don't even know what the question was. And you cost me a trip to the Super Bowl because of that. The question was, as I remember it, first of all, he, he, for, he tried to, all right, he flubbed the question the first time. And then he tried to fix it. And then, in my opinion, made it even worse. I couldn't even, I didn't even know what the question was. And here, here's what I have uh, from memory. I had the question as, Name two out of the three quarterbacks, Super Bowl quarterbacks, Super Bowl winning, I think winning, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks that had thrown two or more touchdown passes in the Super Bowl game. I think. I think that's what it was. Uh, clearly, and then, you know, he, he asked it two or three different times. And then, you know, the pressure's on. Millions of people are listening to you on the radio. You're not even sure what the question was. Uh, the time is ticking like tick, 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 in your ear, and you're like, ah, you know. And then he cuts you off if he thinks you're trying to Google it. And I was just trying to understand the question, and I think I gave the answers of I gave three names first of all, which I, I don't even know why I did that. I, I gave, um, I think I gave Joe Montana as my first name, and I think I gave. John Elway as my second name and the third name I don't, I don't even remember who I had uh, and he said there was a pause and he said no sorry click what oh and then the audio and then the final audio for the guy that did get to go to the Super Bowl was Jeremy Curley I'm a Jet fan it was Jeremy Curley I knew that answer oh So long story, very short. I did not get to go to the Super Bowl, unfortunately. And I did not get to see Tom Brady and the Patriots make the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history ever. Had to watch that on TV. Oh, well. And the second time I talked to Mike Francesa on air, and I'm looking for your calls at 201-825-1234. What is your Mike Francesa story? Because I'm on my last one here. I talked to him. I called up about... Um, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I knew during that phone call that I was in once Mike started asking me the questions about the move uh, from Oakland to Las Vegas, the stadium location, where is it going to be, um, the stadium funding, where is the money coming from, stadium capacity, et cetera, et cetera. He was asking me all of those questions, and I wish I had the audio from that call. And that was, um, I remember the date because um, it was December six or twenty second, December twenty second, twenty sixteen, um, almost a year ago to the date. Because that, to this day, is the single or produced the single most traffic day on my website ever. It, I call it the Francesa effect because on December twenty second, twenty sixteen, I had 
complete spikes in my in my website on that particular article that I had written and took a lot of time to write and, and a lot of research went into that. So it paid off big time because of the Francesa effect. But, you know, obviously Mike is a little rude to call her sometimes. He comes off as a know-it-all. Not to me. Not in that phone call. Because he knew that I knew what I was talking about and he knew that. Like I said, so once he started asking me questions about you know stadium funding and it's not fair that the taxpayers have to pay for stadiums, I agree. I told him, I said, Mike, I agree with you. But if you look at the trends, particularly the um, the Minnesota Vikings new stadium, that's that's how it's going. That that's the trend. And I had, if you want to f- find that article, it's still very relevant. It's um, on my website, prosportsrundown.com, and it was from a year ago, so you might have to scroll back a little bit. But you know. He and I was, and if you know Mike Francesa at all, he cuts you off after like thirty seconds or like forty-five seconds or, or a minute, even. If you if you get a minute, you're good. I, I I want to venture to say that that phone call was about, I don't know, six minutes or so, six to seven minutes. Um, it was great, and he let me shout out my website twice. So that was that was probably the the best Mike Francesa story that I have. And uh, and I've got and I got and the other thing was not only the views to my website website. I got f- f- Twitter followers like like fifteen in like five minutes. I had people texting me. Was that just you talking about the Raiders to, to Mike Francesa on air? And I know I have a Chiefs fan here on Periscope. Um, but was that you talking to Mike? Oh, that was so you're so informative. Blah blah. Yeah, I guess so. So that that was my uh, Mike Francesa Las Vegas Raiders story. And by the way, the Raiders, if you didn't know, we're gonna know in May if the Raiders are going to be getting a Super Bowl. And I said this a year ago. Clearly, I was researching this a year ago. The, I knew the Raiders are going to get a Super Bowl, and I hope that they do. Imagine Las Vegas during Super Bowl Sunday. I can't. I can't. Uh, and, and these are Mike's uh, parting words to uh, to his fans from Friday. But more than anything else going out, I want to thank you guys, the listeners, the audience. Because without you, we don't last a week, we don't last a month. So what I'd like to say to you is I will miss you, I thank you, and from the bottom of my heart, I love you. Goodbye. And that's how it ended. That's how 30 years ended. So now I'm about to show you uh, an interview that I uh, had with uh, a number eight Yankee prospect. This interview is courtesy of... All-Star Collectibles in the Preakness Shopping Center in Wayne, New Jersey. Uh, you need a last-minute Christmas gift? I mean, Christmas is soon, in a few days. Uh, All-Star Collectibles has you covered. They have signed and unsigned memorabilia of all teams, not just the New York area teams. And it's time right now for my one-on-one interview with Yankees' number eight prospect, infielder, outfielder, that guy that could do everything, Tyler Wade. Hi, I'm Daniel McCartan here at All-Star Collectibles in Wayne, New Jersey, in Hamburg Turnpike with Tyler Wade, Yankees middle infielder, number eight prospect in all of the Yankees organization. Um, Tyler, I'm going to ask you first, what is it like to take the field as a Yankee for the first time? Uh, it was a dream come true. Um, I grew up a Yankee fan, um, and you, you hear about all the history and all the, the people that have walked onto that field, like Derek, the Moes, the Pettits, yeah. um, so it's, it's an honor. Um, 
with Castro's exit now, Cashman has mentioned your name among others as you know the second baseman uh-huh. moving forward. What have you been doing in the offseason just to make sure that that is going to be your spot? It's always been my goal. Um, I was going to go into spring and try to win and compete for a job. So um, my mindset's been the same. I'm just going to get to work. You've been known for your defensive prowess. What have you been doing offensively in terms of pitch selection, uh, et cetera? Um, Oh, there's always room for improvement. I'm just working on every part of my, my game, offensively and defensively. So um, you just got to stick to the process. Now, you're pretty um, – you can play infield, outfield. For, pretty versatile is what I'm looking for. How is that going to help you moving forward for the for this upcoming season? Um, I think it just gives, gives guys days off, um, keeps mm-hmm. their body fresh, and uh, yeah. Have you uh, spoken with Aaron Boone yet, new manager of the uh, He shot me a text earlier in the week, and I'm just kind of touching bases, but nothing too crazy. Touching bases. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> um, could you divulge what it was about? Just just saying hi. Oh, yeah. all right. That's good. Uh, did he reach out first? Yeah. Cool. Um, the Giancarlo Stanton trade, huge for the Yankees. Very huge. Um, I see the smile already. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of home runs hitting in New York, so um, I'm excited about it. Yeah, and to be a part of it. Absolutely. The goal for the Yankees 2018, World Series or bust? Yeah. World Series. Yeah, and uh, we could do a quick lightning round. First thing that comes to mind. Oh, wow. Would you mind? Uh, makes me nervous. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right, who was your Yankees mentor, or is your Yankees mentor? Like now? Yeah. Um, I, I would say Aaron. Growing up, you wanted to emulate? Derek. Uh, most wow moment as a Yankee? I don't know. Um, I guess my debut. Uh, most stylish teammate? Hmm. Tanaka. Tanaka? Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. Tanaka. <laughs> okay. Uh, who creates the best nicknames? Hicks. Hicks. And finally, favorite sport other than baseball? Basketball. Knicks? Lakers. Lakers? Yeah. Oh, come on. Kobe? <laughs> Kobe. Yeah, but now who? Uh, for the Lakers? Oh, it's tough. Yeah. Um, I like, I like Jordan Clarkson right now. He's going to be good. Cool. I'm Daniel McCarter with Tyler Reed. Thanks. Thank you. Awesome. So the Jets are the Jets, set to take down the mighty, mighty Saints in the Big Easy with Bryce Petty at the helm? We'll look into that and some major Jets storylines from this past week after the break. We are the TV doctors of America, and we may not know much about medicine, but we know a lot about drama. From scandalous romance to ridiculous plot twists. (gasps) Son? Dad. We also know you can avoid drama by getting an annual checkup. So we're partnering with Cigna to remind you to go see a real doctor. Go, no, and take control of your health. It could save your life. Doctor poses. Dad. Cigna, together, all the way. Sixty minutes overtime. Hurry up, offense with Danielle McCarton. So last night, the Oklahoma City Thunder at the New York Knicks, Carmelo Anthony returned to the Garden for the first time as a member of the Thunder, and here is the moving video tribute that he got. And forward at 6-8 from Syracuse, number 7, Carmelo! So although there were some boos, 
the reception for Carmelo Anthony was overwhelmingly positive at the Garden last night. Uh, the Knicks won that game 111-96. Russell Westbrook of the Thunder was the leading scorer with 25 points. Anthony had 12, one rebound, and five assists. The next game for the Knicks is Monday, 7 p.m. away at the Charlotte Hornets on the MSG Network. Friday night, the Brooklyn Nets were at the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors took that game easily, handedly, 120-87. DeMar DeRozan of the Raptors was the leading scorer with 31 points. The Nets' next game is tonight, 6 p.m. at home versus the Indiana Pacers. That is going to be on the Yes Network. In NHL news, Friday night, the Dallas Stars at the New Jersey Devils. The Devils won 5-2. Brian Boyle of the Devils was the leading scorer with two goals. Next game is Monday, 7 p.m. at home versus the Anaheim Ducks on MSG+. Last night, the New York Rangers at the Boston Bruins. The Rangers won in overtime 3-2. Matt Zuccarello, Michael Grabner, and JT Miller each had a goal for the Rangers. The next game is Tuesday, 7 p.m. at home versus the Anaheim Ducks on the MSG Network. And finally, in NFL news, last Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. The Cowboys beat them handily, uh, 30-10. Giants' next game is today, 1 p.m. at home versus the Philadelphia Eagles on Fox. And last Sunday, the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. The Broncos blanked the Jets, 23-0. Defensive end Muhammad Wilkerson will not travel to New Orleans today with the team, as per Coach Bowles' decision. Jets' next game is also at 1 o'clock today at the New Orleans Saints on CBS. I'm Danielle McCartan, and that was your 60-minute overtime hurry-up offense brought to you by Mint Pros. For all your VIP baseball events, visit them on the web at www.mintpros.com. Is this it? It's go time. Sir, the kids need you. Later, lobster. Hurry! Let's go! Thanks for coming, everyone. We found this special house for a super special family. Uh, where's the special part? That's where you all come out. Here, I see a big tree and a closet filled with holiday outfits. Dream houses do come true. Think they'll like it? Yep, they're gonna love it. Muhammad Wilkerson, you're listening to 60 Minute Overtime on 90.3 FM. So some Jets storylines this week. Yeah, Muhammad Wilkerson, he's dominating the headlines. Uh, here's what's happening. So defensive lineman Muhammad Wilkerson, he did not travel with the Jets to New Orleans yesterday. He was not part of the team plane. Bowles, Coach Bowles, said it was a coaching decision, not injury-related. So we're looking at this as a punishment because he was late to practice on Friday. He was benched. For the first quarter two weeks ago against the Chiefs after arriving late to a team meeting. This is Wilkerson's fourth benching since Bowles took over this at the start of the 2015 season. He's been benched for tardiness in each of the past three seasons. Um, a day after Wilkerson was benched against Kansas City this year, Bowles defended him in saying that, uh, you know, when he was asked directly about his leadership, he said, yeah. He, uh, he still is a young leader on this team. Uh, and my take on that is I don't really think so. I think, by the way, the most egregious of, of his late Wilkerson's was in Miami when the Jets had a, a birthday cake all set up for him. You know, wel- welcome to the stadium. Here's happy birthday. They tweeted a picture of it, and he, he didn't even show up in time to eat his own birthday cake. I don't know what they did with it, but it was a really nice one. You know, one of those fancy ones. Come on. So that tells me you were partying 
out partying the night before in Miami. And you, you couldn't take the game too seriously. That's the case. Um, but but leadership uh, is twofold for a guy like Muhammad Wilkerson because on the field, no. He is not a leader this year on the field. Off the field, yes, definitely. And, and I'm going to get into both. So on the field this year, he is uh, not a leader. One day late, uh, okay, you could see it. There was accident, traffic, whatever. But this guy is making his lateness, his tardiness, into a habit. And that, the mentality behind that tells me that you're not taking this too seriously. You are, um, you don't care. That tells me you don't care about yourself and about your teammates. And, And like I said, the icing on this cake was when they had a birthday cake for him in Miami. And he showed up way late. And now he's not just affecting himself. He's affecting other players on the team. Darren Lee, linebacker, young guy. That was his second year, third year, Darren Lee. He was also late to Kansas City with Muhammad Wilkerson. So it's not just that. It's it's the lack of effort on plays that have been well documented this season. He's laid off the ball on the snap. He's, there's a humongous lack of effort to get to the quarterback. Uh and there's been just a steady decline in, in production of him because I looked at his stats. In 2015, he had 12 sacks, which is great, and two forced fumbles. In 2016, he had four and a half sacks, one forced fumble. And this year, he only has three and a half sacks with no forced fumbles. So over the past three years, you could see the steady decline in production from a guy like Muhammad Wilkerson. And that is not a first-round draft pick 86 million dollars over five years to me that that's not those stats don't represent the money and the the high draft pick that the Jets used to get him um, to me and pro football focus which I like people don't but I do his grade is a 79.8 which is just very average and in my line of work that's a C plus would you be happy with a C plus as an owner, if you're paying $86 million for a C-plus, that doesn't add up to me. So it seems almost like he got his big contract and fell off the face of the earth. Um, so this year and last year even, Muhammad Wilkerson and his leadership is just not doing it for me. You know, leadership by example and leadership on the field in his play is just not doing it for me. Off the field... Yes, definitely, though. He's got, I don't know if you guys know, it, it's called Team 96. It's a charity. Um, it's a nonprofit 501c3 organization. And here's the mission statement. It says uh, they're dedicated prov- to providing a wide range of assistance and encouragement to high school student-athletes with the vision of creating well-rounded, higher education-seeking, motivated, law-abiding citizens willing to give back to their prospective communities. And this um, is a local thing, which I also love, because, as you know, he is from Linden, New Jersey, which is not that far away from here. Um, he grew up a Giant fan, though. I, I, I asked him about that. But this um, provides monetary assistance to both male and female college-bound 12th graders in Linden, Roselle, Rahway, and Elizabeth. He does a great job in giving back to his community outside and off of the field. And he's got many events of the year, which he goes to. He goes back to go to to raise money. So as it's, you know, off the field, he's got it going on. But it's just disappointing to me to see how a guy that is so great off the field, how he's so troubled on it. 
he has to be Wilkerson now, Muhammad Wilkerson. He has to be a good role model to these kids that look up to him so closely. I mean, if you're from any one of these towns, Linden, Roselle, Rahway, Elizabeth, and you've got a guy like Muhammad Wilkerson making $86 million a year, you know, with the name Linden attached to him and your high school attached to him, you're looking up to him. I don't care if you're a Jeff fan, Giant fan, Cowboy fan, whatever. You're you're looking up to a guy like that. And, you know, it, I, it may come out that he might be dealing with some substance issues. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, either way, though, wherever he plays next year, because it's clearly not going to be with the Jets, I wish him the best. So what's next? Well, Wilkerson is the Jets' highest paid player with a cap hit of $18 million. Reports are that he is gone after the 27th season, 2017 season. So this is where it gets a little fuzzy here. The Jets have the op- option of cutting him before the third day of the league year in March, which saves them $11 million in cap space. They would incur a $9 million dead money charge. Um, also, I noticed that he's been removed from the Jets' house, which is the end-of-the-year party for fans and players. That's the lineup for January. So is he as good as gone already? But my question is, why are the Jets, and I asked this last week, why are the Jets making such a big deal about this? They should trade him like they did with Sheldon Richardson. Rich, the, for Richardson, from the Seahawks, the Jets got a second-round draft pick this year and curse. That's just a win all around. So why wouldn't they try to shop Muhammad Wilkerson? He is a good player. And and uh, someone on, on Periscope just said that he'd be a good fit for the Browns. Yeah, but who do you want from the Browns? In exchange, some draft picks. They have a, a, a stockpile of draft picks. Um, yes, I'm taking comments and calls, by the way. 201-825-1234 is the phone number. So uh, my question for the Jets is, I don't know why they're making a big deal about trading Muhammad Wilkerson. This is just Eric Decker 2.0, Josh Gordon. Do you, If you think the Browns are going to part with Josh Gordon after finally just getting him back, you're nuts. That's, that's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. And the Jets don't need wide receivers. Jets need a quarterback. And unless they're going to trade up for, you know, the first pick of the draft uh, with the Browns, you know, they're not getting a quarterback. They don't want Deshaun Kaiser. Okay, so if they're going to move Muhammad Wilkerson to the Browns, uh, you better give the first overall draft pick to the Jets because that's what the Browns are going to have. And another one, and a second rounder. I would be happy with the first overall and a second round, or even a third round draft pick for Muhammad Wilkerson. And that's saying that they're going to take on his monster contract. I don't know if the Browns are in a position to do that. I haven't looked at their their figures. But why are they making such a big deal about it? They're just going to cut him and get nothing for him? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. The bigger deal that they're making it, the less they're going to get in return for him. What do they get for Eric Decker? Absolutely nothing which they could have got something for him from the Titans, a draft pick, a sixth or fifth rounder. They got nothing. So they should trade him like they did with Sheldon Richardson and get something for him. Cash considerations. <laughs> Train wreck. Oh, yeah, Marvin Lewis. He does not want to play in Cincinnati. That's new news. I think this morning that broke. Um, I have someone on Periscope that is very happy to get rid of him. He's a train wreck, is what he called him. <laughs> uh, also, today is uh, Bryce Petty, and, and those are my thoughts on, on Muhammad Wilkerson. Um, he is, has not been a leader on the field this year. He's been a great leader off of it for his charity. 
But if they're going to get rid of him and they're going to move him, they need to get something for him, and that's it. He's, he was a first-round draft pick. You can't just let someone like that walk out the door, especially when you know that he does have the, the, the talent and the ability to, to succeed, clearly. So also another uh, storyline to watch for the Jets today is Bryce, Bryce Petty's audition. Yeah, John Intick, I think, was the one. Bengals are the cheapest organization in football. They will never acquire any talented head coach. <laughs> I think the Browns might be the cheapest. Sorry. Um, but Bryce Petty has an audition today, a very big one. Uh, after Josh McCown last week, he went down for the season. And I'm going to say it, and I got some heat on Twitter for this. I think that um, Josh McCown, I think his career is over. Um, he had a broken hand last week that needed surgery. And um, I just think, you know, by the, the his demeanor in the press conference, he, he was a grown man crying on a press conference. And I just think he's done. I think he's totally done. He is old for a quarterback, and I just think he's done. So Bryce Petty's got a huge audition today in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome of all places. He's been waiting on this opportunity for a long time. And, and here's a question I asked him in May of 2016. So this is almost two years ago. This is what he had to tell me. And McCagnan said that you are going to be a quality number two guy this year. What are your thoughts? Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, well, you know, number two is not my goal. I know. Uh, it's always, a, it's always a start. So, you know, for me, again, it's all about just coming in there and, and proving uh, to myself to everybody else that I can play in this league and be a um, damn good one, too. So, you know, that's what I want to do. And um, as far as the number one spot, number two spot, you know, to me it's just it's a process and every day is trying to be a better quarterback. So every day is going to try and be a better quarterback. It's not about number one, it's about number two. It's just being better. And his quote that's resounding to me is, um, number two is not my goal, is what he said. And, and it's going to be unfair um, for Jets fans in the media to just get on him after today. Um, what's your opinion of the Jets offensive coordinator saying that the, the, they gave up at the end of last game? You shouldn't come out and say that. If that is the truth... You shouldn't come out and say that. And and that falls on you as a coach. If your team isn't playing for you, you just don't go and, and admit that to everybody. That's just admitting that you are also a failure. And you also, you know, it's both ways. If your team gives up on you, you know, you probably have given up on them. And I didn't hear the whole quote, but... I'm, I'm curious to see, like, did he even talk about what he did in, try, in terms of trying to get them back on the same page as him? Uh, because I didn't hear that, and I don't think so. So that's a poor reflection. And if your team is giving up on you as a coach, that's when you know it's time that you're done. You're out. And if that's not the case, even if, if it is the case, you're out. If it's not the case, and you just said that, you also should be out. Why do you get to have a job? But speaking of the offense, it's it's going to be unfair to jump on Bryce Petty after today. You guys need to be patient with him. Uh, he's been patient for two years. Y- you just you can't grade him after today, after six days of practice. Uh, and you just can't. You can't grade him on today. This is only his fifth career start. First this season. And if you look at his numbers, you know, they're not that good. He's got a a completion percentage of 54.2. 
He's got a quarterback rating of 57.9. So they're not that he, he's not that good statistically. He's thrown seven interceptions and only three touchdowns, so that's not a good ratio. And his average completion in 2017 this year so far is 1.6 yards. So the Jets are, are uh, you know, I, I think they stick with him for today at least versus the Saints. I think uh, you give him maybe one more game. And then I think it's Hackenberg time. Um, because if uh, if Hackenberg... If the Jets don't know what they have at quarterback, and this is the same argument for the Giants. If they don't know what they have at quarterback, how do you know what your needs are entering the draft? And this is the whole thing. People go to draft the best player, overall player. Uh, yeah, if they're a once-in-a-generation talent, but for me, you have to fill your needs because the Jets have had this uh, mentality of just not drafting uh, their uh, their need, and they're just picking best players. Like Mar- I wish Marshawn Lattimore, who the Saints have today, um, could have went to the Jets, could have gone to the Jets. And people on Periscope are arguing over which quarterback the Jets should take, but guess what? At 5-8, at and eight, the Jets um, aren't in position to get any one of those guys that you are, are naming. So they have to trade up if, if they're going to take any of those guys. Uh, Darnold, Rosen, Allen... And they have to compete with the Giants for him. <laughs> you can't jump on Bryce Petty after today. He's got a huge audition today and I think next week. And then, and then you could see. Okay, here we are. Jets at Saints. Here's my little intro here. marching in. Oh yeah, the Saints are going to go marching all over the Jets today. I hate to tell you that. <laughs> uh, the 5-8 and eight Jets are at the 9-4 and four New Orleans Saints coming to you from the Mercedes-Benz Superdome at 1 p.m. on CBS. The Saints are, last I checked, which was last night, 16-point favorites. Uh, the all-time matchup is tied 6-6. They've only played 12 times. It's tied 6-6. And at New Orleans, the Jets are 3-2 and overall as, a, as an organization. Not that that means anything. Um, but some things to watch for the Jets game today. Uh, first up, this is, this is, uh, this is good. Um, the Jets' defense, and someone's saying Kamara's going to kill us. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. And everybody's giving score predictions. I'm getting there. Stay tuned. But i got to go through the matchups first. The Jets' defense is forcing three and outs, 28.4% of the of drives this season. And that, astoundingly, is the third best in the NFL. Um, they're gonna, the Jets need to look for the big play, whether that's going to come from special teams or on offense. They need it. And all eyes, in my eyes anyway, are going to be on Robbie Anderson going vertical, looking to torch Marshawn Lattimore, who still might be dealing with an ankle injury. So I think that... Um, they should, the Jets, test Lattimore, who I wanted the Jets to take in the draft. I went on Sirius Radio and did a mock draft for the Jets, and that's who I wanted. But um, the Jets need to test his ankle. They need to expose him right away if, in fact, he is still in, uh, harboring that injury with his ankle. And if they can't do that, they're in for a long day. Uh, someone just said uh, they don't have a punt returner or a kick returner. Yeah, you're right, that they, they don't. 
Um, and like I said, Lattimore is the first-round selection that I actually wanted the Jets to take. He's a rookie, but, and here I go again quoting Pro Football Focus, he's got a grade of 90.2 among all cornerbacks. That is considered elite by Pro Football Focus. And I wanted him to go to the Jets, but he is an elite cornerback in the NFL. And the Jets need to be prepared for that because if they're not, they're in trouble. And the Jets also, as someone alluded to already on Periscope, need to be prepared for everything, including the two-headed monster of always fresh running backs, young guys, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. The Jets' defense needs to get off the field on third down and for them to win. They cannot allow Drew Brees to extend drives because he is very good at that. For the Saints' key matchup, the resurgence of this running game has opened up worlds of options for Drew Brees. <laughs> Brees' numbers are right on point where they've been since he's come to the Saints. It seems like this is a resurging year for him, but it's, it's not. He's been so steady for that team throughout his entire career there in New Orleans. For example, this year's quarterback rating for him is at 104.2, which is great. His career is a 96.7, and you can go down the line. Finally, though, he's got a cast of characters around him to support him, and that's why he's excelling. Also, most important to me as an aging, he's an aging quarterback, his attempts per game, his throwing attempts per game are way down. This year, only 34 attempts per game. Last year, 42. The year before that, 42 a game. The year before that, 42 a game. And in 2014, 41 a game. This tells me that he doesn't need to throw a million passes per game to get them to their 9-4 uh, and four mark, which is great. They have a, a balanced attack, one of the best in the NFL. And the Saints, by the way, the Saints lead the league in total offensive yards per game. They're fourth in passing yards a game, and they're fourth in rushing yards per game. That's a balanced attack. And for them to win... It's going to be simple for the Saints to win today. All they need to do, control the clock, dictate the tempo of this game. It's just that simple. They need to be in the driver's seat at all times. And, and that's it. I think that the, the Jets are going to get spanked today uh, down in, in NOLA. I think the score is going to be 35-14 Saints over the Jets. And I want you to lock that in. So are the Giants able to play the role of playoff spoiler to division foe Philadelphia Eagles who are without injured phenom quarterback Carson Wentz for the rest of the year? Well, we'll talk about that and more about the Giants after the break. Hi, may I answer any questions? What the heck's the difference between all these phones? Windows or Android? What's LTE? Is it contagious? Which one fits my face? Do you make a mission? No. Hmm. Which one has a touch screen? Which one has a touchy-feely screen? Is this considered touching? What's the cloud? Where is the cloud? Are we in the cloud now? How many megapixels does one person really need? What makes a smart TV so smart? Whoa, 3D. Whoa, what if I break it? Do you install? Do you deliver? Are these noise canceling? No, I mean, do you deliver? So what's the difference between an e-reader and a tablet? Between a tablet and this thing? Which one is the most vibratiest? Can this transfer all my pictures of puppies dressed up like hot dogs? Sure. Can I use a dongle with this? Does it make you uncomfortable to use the word dongle? Can I connect it to my TV? Can I connect these to my phone so I look dope when I call my peeps? You want to unbutton your shirt a little bit? Why am I so awesome? Hey, am I allowed in here? <laughs> I'll go. 
Will this one read Fifty Shades of Grey to me in a sexy voice? No. Will you? Jonathan Hankins from New York Giants. You're listening to 60 Minutes Overtime on 90.3 FM. Now, for you Giant fans, some Giants storylines from this past week um, completely is Landon Collins versus Eli Apple. And yes, they are two teammates. As I keep underlining here on my show, 60 Minute Overtime, Eli Apple, he's been a major no-show for the past four weeks. And make that five now for the Giants. Clearly, there's something going on uh, ever since Ben McAdoo called out his lack of effort defensively in that intense film session. <laughs> Original Jimmy on Periscope saying, Collins versus Apple in WrestleMania 34. Well, I posted a, 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 a poll to my Twitter, which I'll get to in a second, but I want to explain the whole situation here. Last week, the latest Eli Apple infraction was that he was inactive for a fourth straight game, and he took to social media at halftime to Twitter in via, direct violation of the NFL's rules. He, he reposted a Cowboys highlight featuring his former Ohio State teammate, Rod Smith, who caught an 81-yard touchdown pass against the Giants. Spagnolo said that he, head coach, interim head coach Steve Spagnolo said that he would be disciplined for these indiscretions. Um, after Collins told reporters Wednesday that he'd counseled Apple, took him under his wing, Eli Apple turned around and said he didn't that never happened and uh he that he sought advice instead from brandon marshall and dominique rogers camardi but not collins that yes the giants are a hot mess in fact apple denied that they even talked that he even talked to landon collins collins therefore was incredulous and he insisted that the conversation did happen the head coach is not getting involved he said that but in any event i think that eli Ma apple is making a great case and campaign to be traded. Maybe uh, being traded, Eli Apple, is something that he's wanted all along. I'm definitely Team Collins on this. Apple has got a lot of growing up. He's got a lot of maturing to do. He should know these things already. No tweeting during games. You can't not give 100% uh, on, on the field. Um, you can't squabble with your teammates in the media. And just some people are just slow learners. But he needs to get his act together because he is talented. I, I just can't figure it out. I mean, these is he smarter than this? Maybe. Maybe he's doing all this on purpose in order to get traded. But when it comes to Giants Twitter, which is a microcosm for the Giants fans everywhere, the feelings are strong about who they'd rather keep if it came down to it. Uh, I tweeted the other day. It was a two-hour poll. I opened it for two hours. Between the Collins and Apple drama, Giants fans, who would you rather retain if it ever came down to it? 94% of the people that voted voted for Collins. 6% voted for Apple. Uh, and many voters fo followed up with comments that were true to form, true to everything I've been saying here on this show, 60-minute overtime. Davey Dave, 83, said whoever voted for Apple is either trolling or hit the wrong answer on accident. Uh, people are saying uh, that uh, Collins is easy on, on Periscope. Lenny said that Annie Apple voted along the party line. Obviously, that's his mother at L Cosberg L. Ken Gelman said that, I mean, was that even a question? Hashtag Giants Pride. And Louis from the Bronx, Louis Del BX, that mama's boy needs to shut up and play. So we'll see 
you know, about what's how that's going to unfold. But I think that the Giants are sticking with Collins, and maybe they'll shop Eli Apple. Who knows? Maybe he'll go to those Cowboys. No, I don't think the Giants would ever do that. Eli Manning is not done after the end of this season. Eli is going to the Jaguars. That is correct. And uh, so, what do we got? Giants, Eagles today. Look. Leave each other alone like this on the streets of Philadelphia. So the 11-2 Philadelphia Eagles traveled up the New Jersey Turnpike to take on the 2-11 New York Giants. That's MetLife Stadium, 1 p.m. on Fox. Some things to watch for the Giants. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the New York Giants versus the Eagles tight ends. Um, Bad news for the Giants. Eagles dominant tight end Zach Ertz has cleared concussion protocol and he is good to go for today's game. In the first contest, he had 55 yards and a touchdown for the Eagles. 10-7 to 7 Eagles win, even matchup. Oh, my God, you guys are crazy on, on Periscope. That's a, Those are jokes, right? I'll tell you who I got in a minute. Now, with Zach Ertz back, um, that's a very unfortunate for the Giants. Um, also, Trey Burton has been hot, the backup in his place, because he's coming off a, a two-touchdown game performance versus the Rams last week. The Giants, bad news, have allowed 111 pass attempts, 870 yards, and 11 touchdowns to tight ends this year, which is the most in the NFL in each and every single category. But that's not new news. That happened last year and this year and probably next year unless they address it in the draft. It needs to be addressed, and it's unacceptable that that new GM, whoever it may be, needs to address this. And just in general, just so you guys all know, the Giants are last in total defense, which is um, yards per game measured by. They're second to last in giving up passing yards per game, which is 265 yards a game. And they're second to last in giving up rushing yards, 130 yards a game. Could be a trap game for Philly, especially with a backup quarterback, but the G-Man can't get their stuff together. Yes, they can't. The Giants cannot get their stuff together because they're in last or second to last in every single major defensive category. Here we are worrying about the Eagles' tight end. Zach Ertz is going to have a field day. Zach Ertz is going to have a field day today. And if it's not him, it's going to be Burton. Two, three touchdowns for those guys. Eagles' key matchup. For me, all eyes are going to be on backup Nick Folds in the Giants' uh, secondary. He's the six-year veteran. He's got plenty of starting experience. It's a small sample size for 2017, but he's completed 72% of his passes, the highest in his career. He's going to be fine. He's got Ertz back. He's got Alshon Jeffrey. He's got Nelson Aguilar, I had on my fantasy team. He's going to rely on his experience, and he's going to get it done for his team today. No doubt. My score prediction for the Eagles-Giants today on December 17, 2017, is going to be Eagles 28, Giants 10. Lock that in. There's a feeling you get when you know everyone's watching. When you're under those big, bright lights. It's like boom, boom. It's like boom. It's like boom. This is real. It's what you've been waiting waiting for. for. We come alive. We come alive. To answer the questions. questions. To live up to the hype. To the hype. It's what we live for. It's what we live for. To get back in the zone. To get back in the zone. To be. To be. To be. To be. To be. To be. To be unstoppable. Sunday night. Sunday night. Sunday night is football night. Stomp your feet, stop clapping. NBC, Sunday night about to happen. There's a feeling.
So, by the way, tonight's Sunday night football matchup is going to be the Cowboys at the Raiders. I like the Raiders at home in this one for sure. Um, it's very difficult to go and play in the black hole without your running back, as the Cowboys um, don't have. They don't have a running back. So, uh, finally, final thing for today is Lenny Dykstra. I interviewed him on the uh, November 27th. He offered an explanation as to, among other things, but here's the uh, my favorite part of the interview. He offered an explanation as to how home run records are being broken without steroids. And he obviously, as you know, is a steroid user. So here's a, a little snippet from that interview to, to whet your appetite for it. Sport and baseball, none. So now if you think about it, like... The ball this year was a Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, they they shattered the home run rack. See, how do you do that? No steroids. I mean, yeah. they do it real easy because Major League Baseball can, can it's basically turning the water on. You want it hotter, make it colder. You want the ball. I mean, they know no drugs, so they need balls flying out. So they, there's no seams on the ball, and ball. It's like so. I do know a lot about not much, but a little bit about like private aviation, how airplanes work. Mm-hmm. I'm not into physics and all that stuff. I didn't do too well in that. I don't think I took that one. I had to take biology to get through high school. It required me. I, I hate it. But <laughs> physics, well, you know, so when a plane is landing, the flaps went out. Yeah. So think about the seams. If the seams are up, it makes it harder to travel through the air. Well, the seams weren't even... There was more blisters. Look at this setup later. You know, see, there's another stuff you can look up, too. But this is one more blisters this year than any year ever. And I ain't talking about fever blisters either. It comes from the laces. It's right. Yeah. No, the seams. They're called yeah, the, the seams. seams. Yeah. Right. And I looked it up. He's right. There are uh, more blisters, or more days missed by MLB pitchers because of blisters um, in the past 10 years ever. You know, this year and last year. So, you know, Lenny Dexter is a little crazy, uh, clearly, but he made a point. He made a good point. And I'd like to look at that further, uh, really, examine that further when I have some time. But um, if you want to watch the whole interview, it's uh, for you Met fans out there, it's 12 minutes long. Uh, you can look up on my uh, YouTube page. Just go to YouTube. You're going to type in at the search bar. You're going to type in Coach Space M C C A R T A N. It's there for you. I have also linked it to my Twitter and my Facebook, so you should have no trouble finding that. So other topics we covered in that interview was being traded from the Phillies after playing the Phillies. How did that work out? That's a funny story. Um, obviously, the 1986 Mets. Um, I asked him, "Do steroid era players belong in the Hall of Fame?" He talked about his money struggles a little bit, mechanical strike zones, and coming from a guy whose nickname is Nails, he has some strong words uh, for today's athletes. So my next thing uh, is going to be tomorrow night, Robbie Anderson at his first public autograph signing at Advanced Fitness and Wellness Center. Write this down. The address is 18 Newark Pompton Turnpike in Riverdale, D-A-L-E. New Jersey, 07457. All autographs, if you would like an autograph from him, uh, it's going to be $35 for no matter what. You get a helmet signed, you get a, a football card signed. Both $35. For tickets, you're going to call Boone Enterprises. The phone number is 973-919-9940. And if you're too afraid to call, you can email them. Boone, B-O-O-N-E, Enterprises. Yes, two E's in a row there. Uh, Boone Enterprises. Inc. 
at gmail.com. So I'm going to see you guys there tomorrow, hopefully, uh, 6.30 to 8 p.m. I, I, I would like to go for the 6.30, not for the 8, but, you know, we'll see how it works out. So um, I'm not going to be back on in 2017. So I'm going to see you guys in the new year, the first Sunday in January of 2018. So uh, I guess uh, I'd like to say uh, uh, Happy Hanukkah, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. And uh, I, I want to thank you for spending your Sunday morning with me, especially today, a wonderful football Sunday. We'll have a clearer picture in January who's going to be in the playoffs, so that'll be fun. I'm going to see you guys uh, Sunday the, I don't even know, what, whatever that date is, Sunday, January, I want to say 8th or 9th um, at 11 Eastern. Don't lose that time. It's always the same time, 11 Eastern. In the meantime, you can't wait till then. I will see you uh, uh, on prosportsrundown.com. That's my website. Um, also, Twitter, at Coach McCartan. You guys can uh, interact with me there on Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. I'm always on SoundCloud.com slash Coach McCartan. Don't miss me too much. iTunes podcast, Coach McCartan. Tune in radio, 60-minute overtime. Play.google.com. Search Coach McCartan. And I'm going to leave you with a personal gift from country music star Todd O'Neill. Um, he texted me asking if I could play this personally. He, te- he said, hey, happy cr- Merry Christmas. Could you play this for your listeners? He wanted me to play this Christmas song, his n- brand new Christmas song for you. And if you don't know who he is, he's a country music superstar. And uh, the way I got in touch with him was because, ironically enough, he was singing the national anthem for the Saints. And I asked him about that. And that's in the archives way back. So uh, I'm going to play the end credits and I'm going to leave you with, with his, uh, his Christmas song. Thanks, everybody. Follow me on Twitter at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M C C A R T A N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search with no spaces Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. Suspicious. They look up there and squint every year around Christmas. When the movie comes on, I change the channel. It feels so heavy, it's hard to handle, but it looks so good hanging there above the mantle. I shot him off, he's hanging on the wall. I couldn't help myself, that rack was way too tall.
is a gift that keeps on giving Maybe one of these years I'll tell Dasher, dancer, prancer, vixen, comet, cupid, gonna blitzing I shot a root hole. Oh.